You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. A lot more football talk. We're going to still talk about some of the games from this past Sunday. We're going to look ahead to the two championship games this upcoming Sunday. I've got some more stats for you, and we're going to talk a little bit Dallas Cowboy football. We will get to that momentarily. I do want to start off this podcast by talking about, man, I don't know what it was. Yesterday, quite a few mistakes on this podcast. Just misspoke. Obviously, things that I know, but when you record two podcasts back-to-back and you got all this information in front of you that you're looking at a screen, I just, I blank sometimes, and or I just say things, and I don't even realize it. Like, I did not know yesterday's podcast, I kept calling him Jamar Hamlin. Clearly, I've done numerous podcasts talking about DeMar Hamlin and his injury with the Bills, and I've always called him by his name, DeMar. I don't know why I called him Jamar yesterday. I didn't even know I did until a few of you pointed it out to me. So thank you very much for doing that. Obviously, I apologize uh, for calling him Jamar Hamlin. His name is DeMar Hamlin. Uh, Yesterday, when I was talking about the Dallas Cowboys, and I was talking about, hey, you can't score 12 points in a playoff game and expect to win. You can't kick four field goals in a playoff game and expect to win. And again, I just was... Clearly, I know that the Dallas Cowboys had a touchdown, a missed extra point, and two field goals, but I said four field goals because I was thinking 12 points in my head, and I was thinking on the fly, screwed that up. And then apparently when I was talking about the Jalen Hurts-Brock Purdy matchup in college in 2019 that the Oklahoma Sooners won 42-41, I may have said, I thought I said Iowa State, but I might have said it so fast that Iowa State could easily sound like Ohio State if I just went Iowa State. <laughs> you know, I, I could see where that would happen, but I'm obviously well aware that Brock Purdy did not go to Ohio State. See, it sounded even in there. It kind of sounded like I said Ohio. I, I kind of said Iowa State, even though I said Ohio. I'll just be more clear. I'm very well aware that Brock Purdy went to Iowa State. He's a cyclone. And yeah, they played Jalen Hurts's Oklahoma Sooners in 2019. And Jalen Hurts, the Sooners won 42-41. Brock Purdy threw five touchdown passes in that game. Jalen Hurts threw three and ran for two. So, but as I said at the end of yesterday's podcast, like, look, it's going to be brought up quite a bit this week, I'm sure. Like, oh, these two matched up four years ago in college. That game has absolutely nothing to do with this Sunday's game in Philly. It just doesn't. Um, Two completely different teams. They're two different players now. Different supporting cast, clearly. So don't put too much stock into that. So those are the corrections I wanted to make from yesterday because, wow, I screwed up a couple of those. All right. Being here in Dallas, you know, I've mentioned it numerous times. I am not a Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm also not a Dallas Cowboy hater. I'm just indifferent. I didn't grow up out here, so I'm indifferent to them. Just because I moved to the city does not mean to have to take them in as my team. I don't have a favorite team in college or pro football, yet it's my favorite sport. Um Kind of like I always say, you know who my favorite team is? The one I have money on that weekend. Like, that's who I care about. And so I don't care either way. What I do, though, when it comes to sports, I have favorite players and I have favorite coaches. And Dak Prescott is easily in my top five favorite players. Just because I respect the hell out of the guy for speaking out about mental health. And he's been through a lot in his life. I love underdog stories. And the guy was a fourth-round draft pick. He wasn't even supposed to play his rookie year. Tony Romo gets hurt in the preseason. Dak takes over and starts his career 11-1. and He goes 13-3 and in his first season when he wasn't even supposed to play as a fourth-round pick. 
And yes, they lost in the first round of the playoffs, but it was the divisional round because they had a bye. And I've just always been a supporter of the guy. I love the way he handles himself. He's not a prima donna. He's very well spoken. He's very understated in what he says. He's not. He's not a me me guy at all. He's a leader. Uh, the, his teammates absolutely love him, and I just I, I like the guy. But when you're talking about sports and you're a commentator. Whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to say, I, I am when I talk about it. You have to separate your like for someone individually versus what they have done on the field. And the bottom line is, on Sunday night, Dak played horribly. And if Dak plays average, they probably beat the 49ers. Their defense played outstanding. You know, their special teams played well. They got a turnover on special teams. He was the only one that played poorly. And... After the game, another reason why I like Dak, he always takes ownership uh, when he doesn't play well. And this is what he said after the game, unless you, in case you missed it. They asked him about his two interceptions that he threw. Both horrible, horrible throws. Never should have been made. He said, just two throws that you can't have in the playoffs. You can't have them when you're trying to beat a team like that. You can't have it on the road. There's no excuses for that. Those two are 100% on me. End quote. And again, another reason why I like the guy takes accountability for everything. Does never, never calls out teammates. Never points fingers. He's the quarterback of the most popular franchise in all of sports. With that comes responsibility. And when you fail in your responsibilities, you're going to get called out for it. And he is taking a lot of heat right now in Dallas. Um, you know the whole. You know the fans are going crazy. And oh, we got to get rid of him. And it's like, look, if you know anything about the salary cap, you can't just dump Dak right now. It's impossible. He's going to be the quarterback for at least another two years based on his contract situation. You're not going anywhere. He just needs to get better. The problem is we are now seven years in to Dak Prescott being a starting quarterback in the NFL, and he has the exact same playoff record as Tony Romo. They're both 2-4 and four in their playoff career, and they're both 0-3 oh in the divisional round. And, you know, you look at it, this one came out yesterday from a Dallas Morning News writer, Rick Goslin, who's been covering football since the Stone Ages. Dak hasn't had back-to-back -back games with no turnovers, where he didn't throw a pick or he didn't fumble the ball since 2018. That's 49 games where he hasn't just gone two games in a row where he didn't make a turnover. That's alarming. And that's something that is going to haunt him. He's got to knock that off. And when you look at it, you know, you're seven years in to Dak Prescott as your starter. Yes, there was one year where he only played a few games because, remember, when he broke his ankle against the Giants, but basically six full seasons of Dak as your starter. This year he missed four or five games in the beginning because of his thumb. But I think you got to ask yourself, is he going to get better? Do quarterbacks get better from year seven on? Because you would think as you got older, you'd minimize mistakes, your stats would be better. He led the league in interceptions this year. And he played five less games than anybody else. Is it a situation where this is what you've got to expect out of Dak and you need to get help? 
Like he's going to, because look, Dak throws in some great games. All you got to do is look at Monday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was arguably the best game he's ever played in his career. Ever. Threw for over 300 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, made absolutely no mistakes against the Buccaneers. Then six days later, literally played his worst playoff game. Which goes to show, what did I tell you when we were handicapping the game um, coming to this weekend? I said, look, sure the Dallas Cowboys can win. If I know that Dak's going to play like that and they the whole team plays like that, they absolutely can beat the Niners. But I don't know if he's going to play that way. Because if I did, I would have said they're going to beat them. And then he literally went from four touchdowns and no interceptions and 300 yards to a less than 200-yard game, one, interse- one touchdown and two interceptions that were absolute killers to throw those picks when he did and where he did. So I don't know what the answer is because you can't get rid of him, and I guess you just have to hope that he cuts down his mistakes. He even said further on in that same uh, press conference yesterday after the game, like, look, or Sunday after the game, look, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at all my interceptions and I can guarantee you this is not going to happen again. And I, you know, that's, that sounds great, but all it is is words. Even even his thing that I read to you, you know, you can't beat a team like that throwing two interceptions. You can't have it on the road. No excuses. Those two are 100% on me. It's great that he took accountability, but that doesn't really ease anybody's pain after the fact. You're now out of the playoffs. We have to wait another year for you to see whether or not those words that you said after the game actually come true. Because what if he gets in the playoffs next year? And has a bad game. You could be like, well, Dak, at the end of last year's game in the loss to San Francisco, you said it wouldn't happen again. Like, it's just words. I, I get what he's doing. I, it's better that he takes accountability than point fingers. But what does it really mean in the grand scheme of things? We have to see results. And when you're seven years in as a starting quarterback, and in your seventh year, you throw more touchdowns, you throw more interceptions in a season than you had in your first previous six in any single season, it's like, are you getting better? Because the numbers aren't showing it. And with salary cap and all that, they can't dump him. They're not going to trade him. So right now, the Cowboys are kind of like in la-la land of what they can do. They just have to hope that Dak gets better because he's just wildly inconsistent. He has some absolutely great games where he cars up defenses he has some games where he's like, eh, he was okay. He managed the game, did well, made some mistakes, made some good plays. We won the game. We lost the game. And then he throws up some absolute stinkers like he did in the final game against the Washington Commanders, like he did against the Niners. He, he didn't play well in some of the other games this year. It's just you can't have that seven years in. you got to be more consistent when you are a seven-year starter in the NFL, and that's what he needs to turn around. I hope he does because I think he's just just a great guy. Teammates love him, but you we we all know that this is a results-oriented business. And if you can't produce results and the Dallas Cowboys are still sitting here 27 years since their last Super Bowl win and they haven't even gotten back to the NFC Championship game. Since 1997, Carolina and Jacksonville have been to 7 Conference title games since the Cowboys last went to the Super Bowl. Seven. Carolina and Jacksonville. (laughs) I'm not talking about the Chiefs. I'm not talking about the Patriots. 
Carolina and Jacksonville combined have been to their respective NFC and AFC championship games seven different times since 1997. The Cowboys have been zero. 26 of the 31 other teams in the NFL have been to the conference championship game at least once since the Cowboys were last there. And it just, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing on how irrelevant Cowboy football has been since they last won the Super Bowl in the mid-90s. They beat the Steelers. It's fact. You've been irrelevant. You're 5-16 and 16 in the playoffs since then. That's not good at all. So I want to look ahead to this weekend's games. Um, obviously, I'm you know right now I tell you I'm leaning towards the Eagles and the Bengals, and I've been hot in the playoffs. So take that for what it is. Um, if I knew who was going to win, like I said, we'd all be millionaires. I'm just that's where I'm leaning right now. And there's you know obviously I always give you some stats on on games, and I'll give you both sides of stats where the the Niners could win and the and the Eagles could win. I'll probably have those for you later in the week. But there's there is one thing working against the Niners. You know, it's never happened in 57 seasons of or 56 previous seasons of a Super Bowl because this Super Bowl is Super Bowl 57. No rookie quarterback has ever played in the Super Bowl. It's never happened. So is Brock Purdy's run going to come to an end? Is he going to be the first one to ever play in a Super Bowl? Because it's never happened before. And now he's got to go on the road and play the best defense he's ever played in his eight starts. Could he? Sure. I mean, maybe this streak continues, and it's and it's if, if Brock Purdy gets to the Super Bowl, it's the number one story for two weeks. It's incredible what he's done up to this point. The fact that he's even won eight in a row to start his career and is in the NFC Championship is bonkers enough as it is. But if they win and beat Philly and get to the Super Bowl easily, we are going to hear about Brock Purdy for two weeks. You're going to get sick of him by the time the kickoff happens on February 12th. I mean, that's just the way it is, it, it, and, it, and it should be because it's it would be one of the best stories in the history of sports. God forbid he won the game and the guy starts his career 10-0 and coming in midseason as the last pick in the first round. There, there will be a movie made about Brock Purdy if they win the Super Bowl this year. Now, it's never happened. Like I said, a rookie quarterback has never made it to the Super Bowl, so keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that I have my early season bet before the season. I had the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. We're looking at a $12,000 payout or like 11-8 or something like that. It was like 23 and a half, 23 and a half to one or something like that when I put it in. But it's like I think it pays 11 7 50 or something like that, my bet. So, yes, that's another reason I'd like to see at least. I just want Philly to get there, and then I can see about hedging or whatever. But – if Philly gets there, regardless of who they play, the Bengals or the Chiefs, they clearly have a shot to win. So I don't think I would hedge. I think the line would be no more than a field goal either way if Philly gets in the in the Super Bowl. If they play the Bengals or the Chiefs, it's going to be a very short line. So there's going to be no reason to hedge because I think Philly could beat either one of them. There's no, you know, Philly was the, had the best record in the NFL. So why would I bet against them in the Super Bowl when I have them to win the Super Bowl? to pay almost $12,000. So, yes, uh, there's a part of me that obviously wants to see the Eagles win and get there, but uh, we have to see how this weekend plays out. But I think that's a pretty big stat, that it just it never happens. Now, I also don't 
I also haven't taken into consideration, well, how many rookie quarterbacks were there that could have even done it? In recent memory, I know Big Ben got to the AFC Championship game as a rookie with the Steelers. And a couple other ones I'm blanking on right now. So it's not like there's a ton that have even had a chance to. But still, to get to the Super Bowl as a rookie has never happened. So keep that in mind if you're looking at San Francisco and Eagles. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game either way. I mean, these two, these were the two best teams in the NFC all season long. So I'd be surprised if there was a blowout either way. I expect it to be a really good game. I expect it to be close. And, again, you just get to the fourth quarter. You just don't know what's going to happen beforehand. The other reason you don't know what's going to happen during a game, I, I even talked about this about a couple weeks ago when I said, look, you could be mid-game and not even know what's going to happen. Like I give the example last year of Kansas City and Cincinnati in the AFC Championship. I'm like, Kansas City's up 21-3. Did anybody think in a million years, halfway through the game, up 21-3, that the Chiefs were going to blow that lead to the Bengals and only score three points the rest of the way? No, you didn't. The other reason is if everybody knew what was going to happen at halftime of every game, then everybody would win. Nobody would ever lose a second half bet because because the odds makers put out lines at halftime where you could bet what's going to happen in the second half. Well, if everybody knew what was going to happen in the second half, everybody would win their second half line. And that doesn't happen. So that's what I mean. It's just it's it's impossible to know. And you just have to. It's why. And I say it at the end of every podcast. You think I'm saying it for just some sort of you know, catch line or whatever. It's, it's, it's true. Sports is the greatest reality show on television because it's live and you have no idea what's coming. Whereas in reality shows, we all know what's coming, you know, they're all taped in advance outside of, you know, the live shows for voice and idol and dance with the stars. But still, I I think NFL and sports is more compelling about than what happens on the live show at dancing with the stars. So that's, just keep that in mind for the uh, Philly-San Francisco 49er game uh, this Sunday. No rookie quarterback has ever made the Super Bowl. As for KC and ben- and the Bengals, like, look, I, I laid it all out there yesterday. The Bengals are just as hot as them. They beat them in the same place last year in Kansas City in the AFC Championship, and that was with a healthy Patrick Mahomes. The guy's got a high ankle sprain, and anybody knows anything about high ankle sprains especially when it comes to sports, that's a three- or four-week injury. So in six days, he's not going to be 100%. So now you have that. And Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are essentially that whole team's offense. His scrambling ability, his ability to run for first downs is almost taken away. Like, Granted, we have not seen him out there yet, and we, and we don't know. Maybe he has a miraculous recovery, and he can move, but he's not going to be wanting to move. That's the thing. So... I, and I don't know how elusive you can be in the pocket, planting, kind of spinning out of tackles like he's always done. I I just can't see that being the same way. And if Cincinnati plays anywhere like they did against Buffalo, I, I, I'd almost be surprised if Kansas City won. I really would. And Chiefs fans, you got to be realistic about this. They beat you last year when you had a healthy quarterback in your home stadium. And they've beaten you the last three times you've played them. Like, they have been Patrick Mahomes' kryptonite so far in the NFL. They just have. Now, granted, all three times they've beaten them have been by a field goal, so it's not like they've blown you guys out. But two 27-24 wins and a 34-31 win in the last three times they've played you guys. So 
keep that in mind watching the game and as we head into that game. But a game that's very hard to handicap right now because we just don't know about Patrick Mahomes and how severe this will be. If you take the second half of the Jacksonville game, I'd say he's going to be very limited. And that was it right after he injured it. Once that thing stiffens up and you don't practice and you have limited practice this week, he's not going to be full bore in every practice this week. There's no doubt about that. So I I really like the Bengals in this game. Like they've won 10 in a row. They're the hottest, they're the second hottest team in football. The Niners won 12 in a row. But and in that 10-game winning streak, they did beat Kansas City. I just think they're playing really well right now. They know they can win in Kansas City. That doesn't scare them at all. No matter what weather you throw at them, clearly that doesn't bother them because they were in a blizzard in the first half, at least, against Buffalo, and it seemed like Buffalo didn't even know how to play in snow. And can and the Bengals just did whatever they wanted, just marching up and down the field. They got 30 first downs. Well, that's what I say when you – tell you to look into the statistics of games it's not like Cincinnati had short fields and Buffalo turned it over and they just got a quick drive of you know 15 to 20 yards and they got a touchdown no every single drive was over 60 yards for the Bengals and they had five of them and they took up 24 minutes of game time like that is a huge domination on their end and that was in Buffalo in a snowstorm so you put that same weather in Kansas City it's like okay well that clearly didn't bother them in Buffalo why would it bother them this week so I really think I, I, I'm really on the Bengals, and I know the Bengals are a public team right now because they uh, are hot. Everybody sees what I see. You know, I'm not putting out there anything. I'm not giving you any insight to the game. I'm just laying out the facts. They've won 10 in a row, and they beat them last year in Kansas City with a healthy Mahomes. So that's just known facts, and I think that's why a lot of people are on the Bengals. Here's one thing that's working against the Bengals, and this is just a history statistic that Super Bowl losers don't very often get back to the Super Bowl the next year. We obviously know they lost to the Rams in the Super Bowl. The Patriots did it in 2019, but before that, it was the mid-'90s when the Bills lost four in a row. And then before that, uh, the uh, Broncos made it twice in a row, and then before that, it was the Vikings in the 70s. So in the last 25, 30 years, it's only happened once where the Super Bowl loser made it back to the Super Bowl the very next year. So that's kind of working against them. But the one time it did happen was four years ago. So it's not like it's impossible for it to happen. It just doesn't happen very often. So like I said, I like to throw statistics out at you that um, go against the things that I like because clearly I'm leaning towards the Bengals in this game. And that is a statistic that's out there that doesn't favor the Bengals getting back to the Super Bowl, meaning they'd have to lose on Sunday. So I'll have some more notes and nuggets for you in regards to the games moving forward. And I might get in a little bit more college basketball this week because now I'm starting to ramp up my college basketball watching. And uh, I got a lot done this weekend. And um, there are some uh, teams that I'm looking at. Uh, Obviously, we won't know until Selection Sunday who's out there and who's playing who and where and what the lines are and stuff like that. But I've got some thoughts on college basketball and the NBA coming this week plus some other things. So um, that's where we're at, and we'll have obviously more NFL talk the rest of this week as well. So please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps, especially since this is a new podcast. Hopefully you rate it five stars. Hopefully you enjoy the information that I give you in all these podcasts. Really appreciate you listening. And remember, sports will always be 
the greatest reality show on television. See ya!